The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. set review sorry it's been a while no excuses um but hey we're back and no weird funky uh (laughs) third party knockoff set today we're back to a legit genuine lego set um i hope some of you found the the episode last time interesting um and i'm still going to build some more of those sets if you're holding out for more of the uh IntelliBlock's Lord of the Rings sets, I do still plan to build them. I just haven't yet. But today, we're just going to get right into it. We're reviewing Lego Stranger Things, set number 75810, The Upside Down. This is the only Lego Stranger Things set, and I would dare say it's probably going to remain the only Lego Stranger Things set, because um, it's it's a bit of an odd thing for them to begin with. It's kind of amazing it happened. Well, <sighs> amazing is a strong word. Lego does a lot of things now I wouldn't have expected, um, but I wouldn't expect any more sets from Stranger Things. It could happen. Stranger Things have happened. Oh wow, that wasn't even a pun. That was just that was just a weird thing that happened there. But anyways, this set, the Upside Down, has two thousand. 287 pieces. I believe it was $199.99. I should have looked that up, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I got it off lego.com, so of course I got some VIP points. Um, And I'm sure I got a free gift as well, because they pretty much always give something free. So, you know, hot tip that most of you already know, I'm sure, but if you're buying a set that doesn't get discounted, for example, this set is one of those that Lego has a, a I'm not sure what you call it, a, a retail pricing agreement. You're not going to find this set, for example, on Amazon for 150 bucks. You know, you're not going to find it way cheaper than than what Lego themselves charge for it. So, I mean, I'm not shilling for Lego, but you kind of might as well get it from Lego.com. Give them your email address to sign up to be a VIP member because you're going to earn, it's basically 5% unless they're doing double points week or, or month or whatever. Uh, so, you, for example, you'd earn $10. During a normal time, you'd earn $10 worth of money to use on a later set from Lego. Plus, they usually are giving away free gifts, so it kind of makes it worth it to get from them, which I'm sure is what they want. Um this set is one of those kind of one-off sets. Um, and yes, I am correct. It's $199.99. It is currently available at lego.com. So it is, <laughs> thank goodness, I'm finally reviewing an in-print set that you can go and buy yourself if you want to. You want to pay aftermarket prices. It's currently available. It's also on Amazon for the same price. But again, you won't get those VIP points, which is basically 
money for a future set, so why not? Um, this is a set that I don't believe is sold in stores except for the Lego store. So if you actually want to walk into a store and get it, you're probably going to have to go to the Lego store. But you can order it online at regular retail price, no problem still. This set has been out for a little bit. Um, how long has it been now? About closer to two years. I think uh, maybe May of 2019, somewhere around there. So uh, maybe don't wait too long if this is a set you plan to get. It, it could go away relatively quickly. It may not. I don't know. But, of course, if you care about this set, you probably care about the show it's based on. Stranger Things, the Netflix show, which currently has three seasons. They're already working on a fourth. Um, I personally fell absolutely in love with the first season of this show. And except for one episode that was sort of like a weird episode in the middle, I, I absolutely adored the second season. Um... My wife, who can't stand creepy or strange things, actually loved the show as well. It just captures that that feeling. It doesn't just capture the feeling of the 80s. It captures the feeling of movies made during this time. And I think that's what's so cool about it. Um, it's like It feels like a Spielberg movie from like the late 80s, early 90s. So it's a, it's a very, very fun show if you've not checked it out. Uh, my wife and I didn't care as much for the third season, which was disappointing, um, but not enough to kill our enthusiasm. But the set is very much the buyer's residence. And if you've watched the show, and I guess I'll go ahead and say spoilers for the show, but the third season's been out for a long time now, and I don't really plan to spoil anything specific anyways. Probably nothing you don't find out within the first few episodes of the first season. We'll put it that way. But the buyer's residence, the buyer's home, is just like this sort of typical, I guess you would say, ranch-style home. But despite the home not looking like anything special from the outside, a lot of the show, especially that first season, that first season really focuses on this home. And so it was a great choice. I think if Lego was going to do one set, I can't think of anything they would have done that would have been better than doing the buyer's home. But they went a step further because looking at the box, which frankly is one of the more striking Lego boxes I've ever seen, right looking at the box, you can see they went further. They didn't just give you the buyer's home, you know, which would have been pretty cool anyways as someone who enjoys... Um, building things I could add to my Lego city. <laughs> that would have been cool enough, but they included the upside down. So what you really have is the same home and then the upside down version of it, which is sort of the the dark world, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it's built incredibly cleverly so that the upside down version of the house is attached to the bottom of the actual house or vice versa. Because as we'll get to, you can flip the whole set over and you can have either one as the focal point, as the one that's on top. Does that work? Does the whole thing fall apart when you try to do that? Because I was nervous about that. Uh, I'll explain that as we get into it. So, first of all, um, you know, I'm normally not as crazy about the minifigures as some people. I'm more interested in the set, the block set, you know. But the minifigures in the set are a big draw because this is a beloved show. And we have uh, 
you know, unless they were going to include, say, 12 minifigures or some number that Lego's not going to do, probably on a set like this, unless they were going to do that, I think they picked the absolute obvious choices that you just have to have. First of all, you have all the kids from Season 1. And I should say, I guess this is exclusively Season 1. For example, Max um, is not in the set, and she was introduced in Season 2, if I'm not mistaken. Um... But you have all the kids from season one. You have, of course, Mike, who's sort of the, I guess you would say the leader. And then you have his friend Dustin and Lucas. Uh, I love Dustin and Lucas. They're both here. And then you have Will, who, again, mild spoilers from early in the show. Will is sort of the victim, the one who everyone's trying to save. And he is here. And, of course, um, because this is includes the upside down poor will i have him attached to the underside of the house (laughs) where he's actually in the upside down i feel really bad for him but they went further of course they include 11 11 with her waffle i was about to miss the most popular character (laughs) but then thankfully they don't just include the kids they include i would argue the two main adults at least from the first season for sure and that's joyce byers who's will's dad will's dad Will's mom, and, oh man, I just blanked, and the sheriff, holy cow, I just blanked, wow, I really love the show too, this is sad, let's just, uh, I'm not going to be able to move on until I look this up, my goodness, I'm going to say Jim, and I know that's wrong, it has been a while in my defense, it's been a while since the third season ended, and I haven't watched it since, Uh, Jim Hopper, (laughs) Jim Hopper is also included. And straight up, every one of these figures, I think, is among the better ones Lego has done. They're all just very, very nice. Um, Will looks scared. Um, he has alternate face where he's just less scared, <laughs> frankly. He just he, There's nothing good that really happens for him in this first season. Uh, honestly. Oh, the Demogorgon is included. The monster here is pretty freaky. It's a certainly a unique molded headpiece that was just made for this. His body looks like a maybe a deformed troll or something. He's got these claws for hands. A pretty creepy figure, to be honest with you. And if you take his unique headpiece off, he's just got like a mummy-wrapped face. It's like there's not really a face under there. It's quite disturbing for a Lego piece, honestly, um, which it should be. Um, and then Will, like I said, looks very appropriate. Mike, again, they just did a good job capturing capturing the look of these characters. Mike, in some ways, is maybe the least, I don't want to say interesting, but the least uh, unique character from the show. Like, he's almost intentionally just an, just an everyday kid kind of thing, you know? And so I think the minifigure for him is maybe the least interesting because of that. Then you got Lucas, who has his slingshot and his flashlight. And his, uh, uh, his headband just looks really good. And then Dustin is probably my favorite of all the minifigures. Um, he just has this cheesy grin that Dustin has. is perfect. His hair piece is a molded piece with a hat and hair molded all into one. And it's perfect. He's got a, 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 the shirt he's wearing during the show. He's a fantastic minifigure. He's got a walkie-talkie and a compass. Um... And that compass piece I've never seen before. It's a cool translucent piece. 
Eleven looks appropriate, looks the part. She's wearing her pink dress that they put her in, um, her jacket, and of course she has a waffle, an ego. And then the adults also look the part. Joyce has one of my favorite pieces in the set, uh, a drawing of what looks like Gandalf, but it's a drawing, you know, that um, that Will supposedly did, that she's using to, to try to help find him. And then Lieutenant Hopper, um, he has his hat and his uniform. He looks the part. Um, I think he's the only one that does not have an alternate face. I think that's right. Yeah, because he has the hat on, it'd be weird if he had alternate face. But he looks good. He looks the part. So all together, including the Demogorgon, which I would definitely count as a minifigure because it looks like a minifigure, just creepy. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. there's eight. Eight minifigures, perfectly reasonable for a $200 set. I mean, as far as Lego goes, perfectly reasonable. Um, And let's move on to sort of the only standalone build. Well, there is a little stand you can put the figures on. It just says Stranger Things. It's actually a stickered big tile, and you can put the figures on it sort of as a display piece. I really don't use it, honestly, because I want the figures in the set itself to be on display. But there's only a few pieces in that. It doesn't add much at all to the cost, so it's fine. The other standalone thing, which I absolutely love, and one of the reasons I love it is because it attaches to the set itself and becomes a part of the set, and that is uh, Lieutenant Hopper's uh, Bronco. I believe it's a Bronco, right? Yeah, it looks just like a Bronco. (laughs) I'm looking at the Lego. I'm honestly not remembering so much in my head, but it looks just like a Bronco in Lego form. So I'm assuming that is what it is. And it looks really good. And I'm honestly trying to remove it from the set. It's not the easiest thing to do. There we go. My gosh. It just sits on uh, it sits on the set, clicks on, and you can pull it off. And it's a fully realized vehicle. Um, you know, <laughs> rubber wheels and the whole nine yards. But it also attaches to the set and parks like it's parked there in, at the buyer's residence, which is also appropriate. Um, it has... Not the easiest roof to remove without kind of tearing it up. Uh, there we go. It has a pumpkin in the back, which, if I'm not mistaken, that's a reference to season two, but I won't say any more there because I can't remember. I think that might have been season one, but I thought that was season two, honestly. But I'm getting it all blurred together. It's irrelevant. Point is, it has sort of a caged-in area in the back because it is a police vehicle. And it has his pumpkin and his coffee cup and then just room for him to sit in a steering wheel. But it looks so good. It's a good-looking uh, vehicle that I think um, just stands out because of the color scheme and everything. It just looks it looks uniquely 80s, for one thing. And it looks like something that is just unique for Lego. I like it a lot. Um it's it's probably something that on its own would have been like a $15 set or something. And I think they could have sold this on its own. But they were probably smart to include it in the big set because it, it is a draw. And there's a lot of detail to the set. And I'll go ahead and tell you there's so much detail. I'm not going to go over all the detail. Um, because, again, this is an audio format. I don't think that's super helpful. I just want to give you an idea of the set. Let you hear about it. You know, draw your own conclusions. But just looking sort of from a distance, it's a striking set. And one of the reasons it's striking is because 
it almost tricks your eyes into thinking it's just, yeah, it's just a kind of normal house. You're like, but then there's all this underneath and it's really intriguing. You almost don't notice the upside down at first, but there's a whole house. I mean, it's just as detailed, a little more dilapidated, but it's just as detailed as the main house, the upside down version. Um, so yeah, just looking from the front, you got the porch swing, you got a bench, you've got newspapers over the windows where Joyce had, I guess, broken some of the windows out. Um, and then the upside down version has basically the same thing, except everything's just darker. And like I said, more dilapidated, there's extra vines and leaves growing on the house, but it is basically a mirrored version with the, just a different color scheme and different details added. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say, despite the fact that you're kind of doing something similar twice throughout most of this whole set, it was not a super repetitive build. In fact, it was one of the more interesting builds I've had in a while. And and to be honest, it has been a bit since I built this set. It's probably been about a year, honestly. But I still remember. Like, it was just... See, the box says 16 and up, and I'm sure, like, a, a clever 13-year-old would have no problem, for example. But, that 16 and up isn't a joke. This is a set with some kind of uh, fiddly parts that are a little tricky. It's a little tricky to pull off this weird magic they got going on. But the good news, and I'll go ahead and spoil this, is once it's together, it's really not fiddly anymore. In fact, it's shockingly stable. Not only does this stand up on its own, but you can flip it over to where the upside down is now on top, and it stays. Even even the Bronco, even Jim Hopper's vehicle stays. The characters stay, everything stays, and it's because of the way they fused it all together in so many different places with some pretty cool techniques that thankfully don't really stand out like they're not obvious but it works um and the whole house i mean the the two versions of the house is by far the main part but also substantial are the trees on either side so there's like these two big trees which i don't necessarily remember these exact trees you know beside the house in the show but this is how they did it this is how they they made it a set that could connect together and you could flip it over and it stands up. So I think in that sense, it's pretty brilliant because you have two trees and these trees act as the stands. That's what holds the house up. And if you look at it, it doesn't look like it would work that well, but it really does. It is very sturdy. I mean, you could knock it over if you wanted to, but it is a reasonably sturdy Lego structure. And so you have these trees on either side and to be honest, the trees are a substantial build. They're a substantial part of the set. And frankly, they're the least interesting part of the build. I do remember when I was building the set that the trees were a bit repetitive. I kind of want to get through them. But only because the house itself is just so interesting to build. It was just one thing after another was just neat um, and clever and kind of like, oh, that's how that works. It's one of those sets. And you know what I mean if you build a lot of Lego sets. It was one of those sets where you're kind of going on, you're doing your thing, and you're like, I don't know what I'm building here. What is this? And then you're like, oh, and you have a an aha moment, you know. So spinning it around a bit from the side, um, 
obviously these are both open backed. You know, I love it when Lego does a building that is a full building and has a front and a back and sides. What you basically have here is two dollhouse style versions of the same house. In other words, they're completely open in the back. But from the side, it still looks pretty good. I mean, you're not really going to display it from the side, but it still looks pretty good. Um, you got windows on the side. Um, it, it's, it's enough complete that it doesn't look so incomplete. For example, the new Sesame Street set that just came out. Um, I don't think I'm really the market for that set because I don't... I don't. I, there's other shows I have stronger memories of than Sesame Street. For example, Mr. Rogers. But it's a really cool set, and I would honestly consider getting it to add to my city because it's so nice. Except there's like one building in that set that is so open that I just can't help but look at it. Like, it's just so open. <laughs> it's the small corner building. This does not really have that problem. It's complete enough, is what I'm saying. So, turning it around, and I'm reminded myself, since it's been a while since I built it, there's a lot of detail in here. There's a lot of detail inside. This is not one of those sets where you pretty much see everything up front and there's no hidden detail. There's a lot of detail on the interior. And I'm remembering now, to be honest with you, that I got a little frustrated, in fact a lot frustrated, a couple of times building the set. And it's one of those things where I was probably just off one stud when I was building something and uh, it ended up being more of a hassle than I thought it would be. I remember with the roof section, I messed something up. But it's done now, and it looks really good. And just going top to bottom, uh, there's like a little attic space. There's a video camera. There's a, a stack of, I guess it's drawings uh, from Wheel, which you can barely even get to. And a wizard hat, which I just knocked off from their D&D sessions, which is pretty awesome. Uh, there's a string of lots hung up here. And of course they're not real lots, but you know, pretend lots. And that is because I keep knocking off the wizard hat. It's driving me crazy. Alright. So continuing at the top, there's also a light brick function. But it's cool. This light brick has a like a, a stencil laid over it. And so when you push it it shines on the wall. And if you've seen this show, you remember the wall with the alphabet and then the Christmas lights that Joyce was using to try to communicate. And this, it doesn't shine on specific letters really, but it gives the illusion that it does. So it's a cool light break function. It really is. And speaking of the wall, you have that back wall, which is a big sticker, but it's it's not a bad one. Um, with the alphabet, with the lights on it. You have that yellow and white couch, which is just really cool. Uh, also in the living room, you have the phone. You have a yellow phone on the wall, which played a part. You have some other sticker decorations, family photos and things. You have a newspaper laying on the little coffee table that shows Will Byers missing. You have a bear trap on the floor. So I guess you can assume maybe this is from towards the end of season one, and I don't say anything else about that. But there's a bear trap and some weapons that, that let you reenact the end of season one. We'll put it that way. And there's sort of another little room with a big green chair and rules to the Dungeons and Dragons, which is cool. And most of these things, I'm saying like the comic books, the drawings, most of those are stickered tiles. You know, printed would have been nice, but there is a lot of them. Um, yeah, just some good detail in there. 
And then over to the other side is, is uh, Will's actual bedroom. And it's got several lamps, several small lamp builds. And you'll remember the lamps played a part in the show. You have the boom box, which is essential. His bed. Um, the bed design is pretty neat. It kind of looks like it's unmade. Like it's, it's, it's not made up. Uh, which is kind of cool. And so really, the house... You know, again, it's not a complete house. You know, there's really not a kitchen, for example, or a dining room. You basically have, from left to right, Will's bedroom, the main living area, and then that goes into, I don't know if it's like a sitting area, but it's the big green chair. I guess it's still considered part of the living room. It's the big green chair that you can remember maybe Joy sitting in from time to time. Um, so basically, you got the living room and then the bedroom, but both are really detailed. And then you got some attic space, like I said. I guess really the central focus here are these lights hanging on the ceiling and then the, the light feature that shines on the wall. That is really, I mean, that is probably the most iconic thing from this whole house, from the show. So it's good that that's there. And then, heck, I'm going to go and flip it over. Oh, it still makes me nervous. I know it's sturdy, but it still makes me nervous. But it works. So I just flipped it over and you heard no crashing pieces. That's because none crashed. Um, and you have basically the exact same thing I just said, except mirrored, but it looks surprisingly different. Um, everything is much darker and grim. Um, even like the, the stick, the drawings I mentioned are still there, but they use different stickers and now they're like ripped up and torn up and aged. Oh, there's a Jaws poster. Uh, I didn't mention that. That is fantastic. It actually just says shark, but it's obviously a Jaws poster. And there's a light and dark version of that. Um, so like the living room, for example, it is laid out the same, but it's, it's just it's a completely different scheme, a completely different color scheme. Uh, the chairs like this dark blue. Everything's dark blue, gray, and black, and a few browns. And plus there's just a lot of plants, a lot of leaf pieces that are placed all over uh, to show it's overgrown, you know, it's the upside down. I personally do enjoy the regular version better, and that's intentional. I mean, the Upside Down was really not supposed to be an appealing thing. It's not like, oh, I want to go hang out there. It's 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 very unpleasant, and so without being too unpleasant, I think they captured that in Lego. Like, I personally, I, I want to flip the set back over right now because I just enjoy looking at the other part more. But... So that's pretty much the interior, and there's so many details I didn't go over, and I don't plan to because you should just build it yourself if you want to. But I'm now looking at the upside down from the front, and it is striking how different it looks, despite being basically the same build. Um, we got the Demogorgon and Will hanging out here just looking freaked out. Um, it, it's It was a striking set to build, and it's pretty striking once it's built. And if you display it like this, it really is quite a different look. It's quite a different look than turned the other way. Um, yeah, vines everywhere. And plus seeing uh, Jim Hopper's vehicle hanging upside down is kind of cool too when you have it turned over this way. So that's sort of the... And I feel like I'm rushing through this one, but I feel like maybe I've gone on a little too long with some of the other ones. And it's weird because this one has so much detail that I think I am moving through it quicker. 
because it would just be it would be too much for you to listen to me go on about all the details on this. Um, just know that it looks like the buyer's residence, but the most impressive thing about the whole set is just this feat they pulled off of including the upside down and making it work. It is sturdy when you flip it over. Stuff's not flying everywhere. It doesn't crumble apart. These trees, which look pretty legit. I mean, they're flat on the top because, again, the trees are the base that the whole thing sits on. But they pretty much look like trees. It doesn't look... It doesn't look like they cheated, you know? It doesn't look like, oh, that's just a base, and they're trying to guise it up as a tree. It, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a tree. But then you turn it over, and that's what it, the whole thing sits on. And it's kind of amazing, honestly, that it's as sturdy as it is. There's a lot of clever things that go into building this set. When you just attach the two together, and you start clipping them in, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, you know, the other direction they could have gone would have been just to make the buyer's residence bigger, to make it a complete residence, a complete home. I would have loved that. A lot of people would have loved that. Um, I think the Simpsons home they did was kind of like that. It was it was a complete home dollhouse. When I say dollhouse style, I mean open back. But the Simpsons one was like dollhouse style where it folds together and makes a complete home. They could have done that with this, and I think people would have bought it. <clears throat> And maybe I would have even preferred it as far as using it in my city and things like that. But I think they made the right choice here because this is something unique to Stranger Things, having an upside-down version of the home. And they pulled it off and made something that's just more interesting. As much as I would have loved a bigger, more complete home, they ultimately made something that's more interesting and leads to some really really ingenious building techniques. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to move into the review then. Okay, $199.99. If you listen to this podcast, you know Lego is a premium product. Um, you probably also know 2,287 pieces. You know, you're under $0.10 cents a piece at $199. So, if you're going by that ratio, it's reasonable. The fact that it's a license set, of course you're going to be paying licensing fees. So the fact that it's a licensed set with over 2,200 pieces for 200 bucks makes me feel like you're not getting ripped off as far as a licensed Lego set goes. <clears throat> Frankly, if this were a Star Wars set with the same number of pieces, it would have probably been 250 or 260. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Maybe even as much as 300. Um, and there are, of course, there's small pieces, but there's also a lot of larger pieces. Like the roof is mostly larger tiles. Um, there's a lot of making the base for the whole house to sit on. The leaf pieces are certainly not small. There's a lot of mix of small and larger pieces. So, as far as the price-to-part ratio, I think it's fair. And as far as just looking at it, I do think it's fair because... Yeah, you're kind of just getting half of the buyer's house because it is open in the back. But you're getting it twice in a different version, which is weird. Like, it's not something Lego's ever done that I'm aware of to basically get a mirrored version included in the set. So, I think that's probably looking at it and just the crazy amount of detail. And I built it, so I know there's a crazy amount of detail. I feel like the price is about right. I don't feel like Lego realistically would have sold this for less. It would have been nice, of course, but I don't think realistically they would have. 
So I'm going to say, if you're a Stranger Things fan, and if putting together a detailed set that's going to take you all evening, maybe even a couple evenings. I mean, this is this is pretty much on par with most of the modular buildings as far as size and number of pieces. So this, this is probably going to take you a couple of evenings. If that appeals to you, I think you kind of got to pick this up before it goes out of print. Now, if you're a very casual fan of Stranger Things and you just think it looks cool, that that's up to you. Because, like, to be honest, and this sounds weird, but we loved the first two seasons so much, and the third season had some things we just weren't as crazy about. So now I'm worried, you know, like, what's the fourth season going to bring? Is it going to keep... Is it going to eventually become a show that's not really quite our thing, you know? Not quite what we're looking for. If that happens, you know, this set might seem less appealing to me. I'm not sure. Because I just love the show so much, and that is part of why I loved it. But at the same time, those first two seasons, we'll always have those, and we love them. And this set is very much a season one, possibly bleeding into season two set. Really, I think it's just season one, though. The pumpkin thing threw me off. Maybe that was season one, and I just remembered it as season two. Yeah, you know what? It is season one. Forget it. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense for that to be season two. So, <clears throat> season one is always going to be brilliant, and this is a season one set. So, if you love season one of Stranger Things, I don't think you can go wrong. If you just if you liked it and you forgot it and moved on, you don't really care about the characters, you don't really care about the house... It's still a really cool set, but I think there's probably other sets that you could spend $200 on that maybe you would like just as much. Um, but it's 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 fairly brilliant, to be honest with you. It's There's not any big flaws. I mean, the only negative I could come up with is the tree part was repetitive because you're basically doing the same thing twice, and the trees are necessary to hold the whole thing together, but they're just not as interesting as the house itself. Plus, I mean, you got to face the facts. 80% of the house is identical, besides the color scheme. Um, although it looks fairly different, you're doing a lot of the same building twice. So you might prefer to buy a set with this many pieces where you're doing more different things instead of basically mirroring something like this. But the result is so cool that I think if it's a Stranger Things set, this is what they needed to do. It's rare I can say. For example, I love Lord of the Rings, and I love my Lord of the Rings Lego collection. It's one of the few things that I have 100% of the sets for. But there's a lot of things I wish they'd done different. You know, I wish they had released a whole Rivendell set instead of just that little tiny Council of Elrond. The Black Gate, they should have just released that as one big set instead of making you buy two and add them together, and then technically it doesn't quite add together correctly. Um... You know, there's there's sets that they just don't have at all. I wish they had included. <clears throat> I love the theme overall, but there's a few things I would change. If you're only going to release one Stranger Things set, I can't think of anything I would change from what they did right here. So that's probably a pretty high compliment. Um, the the only true criticism would be not even criticism. The only advice I would give you is probably. You're probably not going to be that interested if you don't love Stranger Things anyways. But I would say a love of Stranger Things is probably important to appreciating the set to its fullest. 
Although the build, the build itself, I think you'll appreciate no matter who you are. Uh, so if you get a chance to build it without buying it, which I can't imagine that, but if you do, it's worth the build, even if you could care less about Stranger Things. And so that's Lego 75810, the upside down. Um, I say get it while you still can. Um, I, I suspect it'll probably go out of print in 2021, but the truth is I don't know. And I said there probably won't be any more Stranger Things sets, but again, I don't know that. There could be. Um, the series is going to continue. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I got. Um, if I was going to sign a number to this, I'd probably be a eight and a half out of ten. An eight and a half out of ten, and that is for a mix of visual appeal and just how stinking clever the whole build was to make it work. So that's been Block Set Review. Come back next time for I don't even know what. It'll be something. It might be a knockoff set. It might be a Lego set. We'll see. Take care. Catch you later.